Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, we recap the race. Oh, right. Well, uh, at least we can preview the ULM. Oh, okay. Uh, So what are we doing? Uh, Do we ever know what we're doing, to be fair? Uh, I don't know. This season's starting to look like uh, it might be over, but I guess we're pretending like it's not for now. Um, Yeah. Everything sucks. Everything does suck, both football-related and not, I guess. Yeah, 2020 is terrible. Yeah, I mean, luckily, though, we did wait to Monday night to record the podcast. Yeah. So the Monday morning <laughs> news bulletin that the Tech ULM game had been canceled wasn't immediately after the show went live. Yeah. The past few weeks. We, Although, didn't, we didn't waste. Yeah, we didn't waste another week previewing a game that's not happening. Although I guess we could go ahead and preview ULM for the next time we meet in like 2065 or something. So you guys want to well, go ahead and do that? <laughs> In 2065, I will be 73 years old. So, uh, no. All right, but some things that did happen this week, some games that were played, they were played in the NFL, and we have a few, some at least some stats from some former Bulldogs. To first get out of the way, Jeff Driscoll, LeJarius Sneed, Amik Robertson, and uh, Vernon Butler all recorded no stats this week due to either injury or just being backups or whatever. Why is Amik not playing? <laughs> but, uh... Evan, how did Ryan Allen do this week? What was well, what was his week like? I well, guess that's a better question. He, Ryan Allen hasn't been on our list here all season. We missed him last week. Well, actually, he got picked up by the Titans. And Matt here is a resident Titans fan, so maybe he could tell us a little bit more about that. The man got beaten out for the punting job by a guy who working at FedEx. Oh, that's what the FedEx references. Yeah. I was trying to figure yeah. this out. I was on R slash Tennessee Titans earlier tonight trying to figure this out. Yeah, but Ryan Allen's got a leg though. Ryan Allen, well, yeah, he's got a leg, all right. That was my way of saying he doesn't. Yeah, he. Uh, anyway, he the punter that ended up coming in and usurping Ryan Allen's role. I'm fairly certain I read is currently employed at FedEx and uh, <laughs> just came in and I guess up from Memphis to Nashville. It's just like yo, I can do this, and somehow replaced two-time Ray Guy winner. And apparently IQ of 72, Ryan Allen. <laughs> Look, last week, the Titans picked up Ryan Allen because Brent, Brett Kern got hurt, right? In last week's game, Ryan Allen punted eight times for 404 yards, which is 50 yards per punt. Yeah, it's not, yards per punt. not bad. That's really, really, really good. And then he got benched in favor of this FedEx guy, apparently, who punted twice for 64 yards. So that's not that's 32 yards per punt, if my math is Brady correct. Brady Farlow kicks further than that. Yeah, and he also had one blocked for a touchdown for the uh, for the Colts on Thursday night. So uh, the, the coaching staff apparently said that even after Ryan Allen punted 50.5 yards on average, they said that this FedEx guy, whose name I forget, out-punted him in practice every day. So they decided to go with him instead. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. The yeah. guy I was thinking of was the guy who replaced him in New England. But yeah, I have no idea. And Titans lost in a game that they probably shouldn't have. And some of that's due to well, that blocked punt, especially. Yeah, blocked punt, but the Colts are a pretty good football team. Uh, that's also true. The Titans yeah, a team that is not very good this year are the Philadelphia Eagles. But if Boston Scott has anything to say about it, they may still win the division. Scott carried the ball three times for 63 yards, including a very nice 56-yard touchdown run 
where he just kind of blew by everybody. He also yeah. had one catch for 11 yards. Yeah, and, and Miles Sanders came back, so Scott uh, Boston got bumped from the uh, from the starting role. But I mean, he's he's earned his carries, right? He's going to get on the field a little bit, even if he's not the starter the rest of the way. Yeah, and some of the guys that have uh, earned their roles for their teams, uh, Jelly Bean, Justin Ellis, four tackles, two of which were solo. Jalen Ferguson had three tackles, one of which was a tackle for loss. Then Traymond Williams, we haven't heard his name in a while. <laughs> I remember he went to Tech before we did, right? Like, Yeah, I think he graduated started, in right? who? Tremont Williams. He's 38 years old. Yeah. Yeah, he got picked up by the Ravens, and he had two tackles this week. Oh, yeah, well, that's good. He graduated in 2006, so his last yeah, He was born was in 83. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, he, so that's impressive. Baltimore's really becoming the home for wayward tech defenders, apparently. Yeah, and so now we have another team to root for, I guess. Uh, one team a lot of former tech or a lot of tech fans didn't root for this week were the 49ers because they played the Saints. But Trent Taylor is a 49er, so maybe a little bit of conflection. Uh, one of the things that Taylor did that didn't really help out his team, but helped out the New Orleans side of the ball was on a fair catch for a punt. He didn't really uh, wave anybody off. And so the ball bounced, hit one of his teammates, and then the Saints recovered it. So maybe Taylor's fault a little, maybe someone else's fault. I'll just choose to believe it's all the other guy's fault. Yeah, they, they didn't put Trent out there for the next punt, which was way later in the game, or, or at least... I noticed they put Richie James back for a punt, um, but they were down and maybe wanted a spark. I, I don't know. But I don't recall seeing Trent on the field for an offensive snap. He may have been, but he definitely didn't get targeted or anything. So I don't know what's going on out there. But uh, yeah, kind of sucks. But yeah, it, he's not as big of a part of that offense as we had hoped he would be, especially with all the injuries they're having. And so, yeah, another disappointment that has <laughs> inflicted a lot of us is this lighter half this latter half of the college football season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things are not so great. Yeah. We just had our third game in a row canceled or postponed, depending on if we get the rice and North Texas games back, I guess, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's just easy to feel super pessimistic, but I will say that earlier tonight on inside tech football, the new AD Eric Wood was on the show and he talked about, uh, this was actually his first day on campus. I think today, and he spent the whole day on the phone with the conference offices trying to get a game in place for Saturday. So they're trying. Um, I don't know what they're going to do because as of right now, there have been two other games canceled. So there's uh, UTEP UAB was postponed because UAB um, is having COVID issues in their programs. So UTEP is now available uh, theoretically this weekend. Um, and then right before we started recording this show, Marshall I think it was Charlotte at Marshall maybe was uh, canceled because Charlotte backed out due to COVID. So Marshall is now available. So two teams we've already played are without a, a dance partner this weekend, I guess. So I guess keep your eyes out for that. I would expect them to announce something very soon if that's going to happen. So the team would have time to prepare. But uh, you guys got any other theories on what might happen if we get a game in place? I hope it's against a P5 powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, that was actually where I was about to go with this was another game that was canceled this week outside of Conference USA was Georgia Tech at Miami. Hell since yeah. Since we had Independence Stadium booked already, we might as well get the Hurricanes back it. there and uh, <laughs> shut them out again. 
I don't think it would go quite that way this time, but yeah, no, it 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 would, it it definitely would. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we we have the data here. When we play Miami in the Independence Bowl, it's a shutout win for us. That's how it works. And so my backup plan now is another game that was that was canceled this week outside of Conference (laughs) USA. This was a game that was originally scheduled for tomorrow for a Tuesday night game. Was Ohio versus the Miami versus Miami of Ohio. So why not? And the the situation was Ohio had all the COVID test issues. So we should get Miami of Ohio into Indy Stadium and shut them out instead. Because I guess oh that's as good as we can get. My heart is in Ohio. I like I like that plan, Nathan. Um, yeah, other other games, Arizona State at Colorado and Old Miss at Texas A&M. Of course, uh, most of those conferences are only playing within the conference. So I don't think this really matters. But it's fun to, uh, to speculate. Um, other like out of conference teams that are, are potential would be like UMass, maybe Liberty, but they've already got games scheduled for this week. So although, huh, Liberty's playing NC state. So maybe, maybe, maybe the ACC can play out of conference games. So maybe that is something to keep our eyes on Miami or Georgia tech, whichever one of them backed out for COVID reasons, obviously we won't play, but the other one, maybe Miami had the issue, which was another strike against my master plan. (laughs) <laughs> but we could get we could get the worst tech to travel to Shreveport as well, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm also curious to see. I mean, so we've had our our conference games against Rice and North Texas postponed. Well, this week Rice plays North Texas, I think. So they could they could get crazy and move the Rice move us to playing Rice this week and have UTEP and North Texas play because their game got canceled a few weeks ago, or they could have UNT play us this week and then have Rice and UTEP play instead of they're supposed to meet later in the year and then have us play Rice that weekend and cancel our game with FIU since it's cross-divisional. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but hopefully we can find a game if we're healthy and ready to go and, you know, just imagine us previewing it, I guess, if <laughs> if we get one. Sad. Yeah, there may be a, a mad scramble to get all our normal preview stuff done for yeah. both us and Blue Tech Blue. Yeah, I mean, I was... When I heard that they were trying to schedule something, I was almost expecting them to do it, you know, today. But I would I would think it's got to be tomorrow or it would leak out tomorrow anyway, because the coaching staffs will need at least, you know, at least two or three days to prepare. And if it's already a team we've played like UTEP or Marshall, I mean, first of all, I don't want to play Marshall again because they're really good. (laughs) UTEP scared me earlier when we almost lost to them, but I think we're better now, maybe uh maybe i don't know but who knows and if it's rice or north texas we'll just replay our previous preview from earlier this week this season i mean then all our efforts won't be for nothing yeah really the the whole thing is who knows what's going to happen here at least at this point at 8 30 central on tuesday night of course as soon as we stop recording something will get announced probably yeah it's uh i just wish it was all over yeah again the last game we played was beating uab so yeah true maybe we broke the universe by doing that (laughs) starting to feel that way well then let's preview something else since we haven't done enough previewing these past couple of weeks uh we talked about some football games that haven't happened last week we previewed the men's basketball program and what that season looks like for the duncan dogs this week let's take a look at the lady texters basketball team because that's been a point of pride for this school for lots and lots and lots of years until you know like none of them recent. <laughs> where yeah but 
going back to those heydays, uh, Teresa Witherspoon, Teaspoon, uh, she was just named an assistant coach for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, awesome. Back, again, back from that era of of winning national championships and things. So, I mean, that's that's really cool. She's only the eighth female assistant coach in the NBA. Yeah, no, it, it's really cool. I mean, she was brought onto the staff uh, part-time last year, and now she's been made a full-time assistant coach. She'll be spending all of her time um, with the new staff, uh, Stan Van Gundy, down there in, uh, in New Orleans. So that's Wait, really cool to see. Is Stan Van Gundy the new HC in New Orleans? Yeah. Oof. That is... That is a bad hire. <laughs> and tech fans will remember, or some of the new ones may not know, Teresa Witherspoon was the coach for the women's program in Ruston for a few years, uh, as in tech, not Ruston High. Uh, didn't really pan <laughs> out, didn't quite go the way that we had hoped it would. She got let go after a... Uh, Shit, I think it was, it was a, better than like anything we've out. done since then. Yeah. <laughs> we qualified for the tournament. I mean, that was... Yeah, we won the, we won the yeah. league uh twice in her tenure but it was going downhill but it's only gone further down since then so agreed yeah kim mulkey please yeah kim mulkey just take us on part-time you can still coach baylor just (laughs) just like just zoom into our practices after you're done with baylor yeah they say you never really know where rock bottom is until after you're on your way up but there's not much more room for tech to fall when it comes to women's basketball. The Texters finished 11th in Conference USA last year after a, let's say, rocky campaign lacked really yeah. any consistency. They looked yeah. really good. I remember uh, when we beat Middle Tennessee at home, uh, yeah. we beat them 78 to 60. And we were up by like great. 30 this, points in that game for most of that game. That was crazy. And Middle Tennessee was a good team. I think they were the defending I, champs, maybe. I could be wrong about that, but. And then Rice, the team that would win that year, last year, uh, it took overtime for them to beat the Lady Texters. That That's huge. Yeah. And then uh, in the opening round of the Conference USA tournament, there was a nail-biter win. Uh, and, and all those were great, great moments of a season that unfortunately div- didn't live up to the standards set by those games. How did the rest of the season go for them, Evan? Yeah, I mean, it it was just bad. I mean, like you said, there was just no consistency. I mean, they they also lost to some of the worst teams on their schedule. I mean, just just a really, really rough campaign that they ended up, like you said, 11th in conference, which is our conference isn't even good. That's the problem. We talked about this last year, but they were 10 games out of first place. So it, it wasn't even like close, right? <laughs> we We were just bad and and honestly finishing 11th i think is the worst we've ever done in a conference um so there's not much good to say uh other than we beat mtsu in that blowout win and showed that we are we have talent on the roster um so i don't know if it's a coaching thing or i i don't know what it is you know it's just i'm out of i'm out of answers and it's getting easier and easier to just not care anymore you know i agree uh, I doubt that any students that are at tech right now really care or know that they should care, right? That this is a historically, this is the second best, or at least it was a while ago in terms of wins women's basketball program. So I I don't think anyone knows. Yeah. I mean, it's just frustrating, but we'll try to preview this season and, and give a little insight into, you know, what's going on on the team. We do have a lot of returning talent. Uh, the only outgoing players are Daria McCutcheon and Grayson Bright, who were both seniors last year. But the most important piece on the team last year and returning is uh, senior guard Amber Dixon. She started all 30 games, averaged 12 points, 3.6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1.5 steals per game. 
And coming into this year, she was named to first team all conference. And so she'll be the leader of the team um, this year. She played the most minutes last year as well. So, you know, really excited to see her play. She's, she's a very good player on both sides of the floor. So, you know, hopefully she can be that leader that the texters need to, I don't know, come in sixth in the conference instead of 12th or whatever. Uh, we've also got uh returning senior guard, Razel Guinto, I think is how you say her name. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I was thinking about taking over for you there, but I was going to let you handle the name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, and, and finish her out and then you can take the, uh, the other returning players. So I got you. Uh, Guinto is, is five foot five. She's from Winnipeg. Um, she's one of three, I believe, international players on the team this year. Um, and she is the reigning co sixth player of the year in conference. So I don't know why they don't call it sixth woman of the year, uh, when they call it sixth man in the men's, but, um, whatever she averaged nine points per game, uh, three rebounds, three assists and 1.6 steals. She also led the team in steals and assists and she will, uh, she'll be a key this season as well. I would expect her to start, obviously. And she also, fun fact, has a chance to become the Texter's all-time three-point uh, scorer. This season, she currently has 124, which puts her in seventh place. And the all-time leader is Tamika Jackson with 187. She played from uh, 96 to 2000, so right before things started going downhill. And so... Guinto made 66 three-pointers last year. So if she has another year like that, she will become the all-time leader, which is just kind of interesting, I guess. So, Nathan, who else do we have coming back? Yeah, I uh, really stepped in this. Uh, stepped on this one because uh, we have a lot of names to say here really quickly. Uh, the other players returning in order of minutes played by minutes played last season and all probably pronounced incorrectly. Keanu Walker, <laughs> Lotsant, uh, who's from the Netherlands, by the way, Anna Law Robertson, Roberson. Sure, whichever one. Amber Hawkinson, Mimi Amand, Brianna Harris, Monette Bolden, and Amara St- Stannard. So yeah, all those. I have no idea on most of those names, but uh, which is yeah. sad, right? I mean, this is a, a, it's hard to, to preview women's basketball or talk about women's basketball and not have the majority opinion that it really stinks that we don't know more about this team because they haven't been playing well enough that we aren't more or less <laughs> forced yeah. to know more about this team. And yeah, I mean, I'd like to be able to cover this team more, but it's sad. Yeah, I'd love for them to give me something compelling to watch, right? Like, uh, I watched a few games last year, and that Middle Tennessee game had me really excited. And then they followed it up the next or two days later with a 20-point loss at home against UAB. So, Ugh. I mean, like, they went from completely dominating one of the best teams in the conference to getting dominated by one of the midi- middle of the pack teams in the conference. Um, so, I mean, I watched both of those games and I was like, well, I guess, uh, I'll tune in, you know, next time I think about it, but they, they went on to lose their next three games. So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to make of that. Right. They suck. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's pretty easy to come to that conclusion, I think. But, um, and there are a lot of sports that when teams are bad, people will still care. Like football will have a following in the part of the country where, where tech is no matter how bad the team is people will care there will be a, a lot of people that care but for women's basketball if the team's not good you're not going to have the following it needs to to have the to have the support that it needs and it becomes a downward cycle too where if you don't care people don't go you don't get the money you don't get like there it works like that too and it just it it stinks right. yeah they do suck though 
Yeah, I mean, coming coming eleventh and out of fourteen teams in CUSA, I mean, that sucks. That's not good, right? I, there's no other way to spin that. Um, you haven't talked about the newcomers yet, though, right? No. Um, so, Coach Brooksor says that the incoming freshman class is going to have a, a chance to make an impact this season. Um, we've got Robin Lee, who comes in as a true point guard, and she's expected to see some playing time and relief right away. Uh, Storch says that she's been a steady, calming presence that can get the offense going when she has the ball. So um, look for her to make an impact. Um, Tyler Jackson is an uh, off-ball guard who will see action off the bench. She plays physically inside but can also shoot the three, so she has a, a real chance to uh, to make an impact as well. Then you've got Corey Allensworth, who I think needs a little bit more time, but uh, she's a perimeter shooter. But, you know, she'll get in the game at times probably, and and we'll see what she's got. And then finally we've got Irene Murua. Mur- <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, she is a six foot one. Is that one her inch. last name? Yeah, Murua. Not I have no idea. That's not her okay. last name. Just um, making sure. She's a, a six foot one inch uh, post player from Spain. So there's the third international player. Um, who's going to rotate with Analar Roberson and Bree Harris on the interior in both the four and five positions. So she'll, she'll get some playing time as well. So yeah, those are the incoming players. And, you know, I'm not really sure what to make of a lot of this, but the coaches poll at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season placed the Texters at ninth in the league um, this season, which is better than 11th, but a lot lower than what we want. Right. So what what do you guys think about that? It's hard to have an informed opinion about it right now, not knowing much about how this how this team will play, uh, especially losing a couple key contributors. And granted, Dixon last year, that's one of the few names I recognize because of the, the numbers and the stats that she put up. And the few times I did or was able to watch a game, she was the one that was carrying the team. Uh, hopefully those newcomers are able to make an impact. Hopefully the returners are able to take their game up to the next level. But it's hard to say something that isn't very generic and can't apply to pretty much every team that plays the sport of basketball. Moving up two places from how you finished to how you predicted to to finish is a good sign. I mean, think about another sport. If Tech finishes with two wins one year, even if they got six or seven grad transfers coming in for the next year, you're going to think, okay, well, maybe they'll finish a couple places better and they could win the conference. So who knows? Uh, Those new players come in and make a difference. This team can do better. And hopefully they do, because I really want to care about women's basketball again. Yeah, I mean, uh, first off, I think you may have mentioned Amber Dixon as, as leaving. She's back. Uh, she's the one that was back. There are two others that were leaving. Yeah, Gra- Grayson Bright, was. she played in every game last year, too, I believe. So that may have been, I- I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, like you want to, yeah, sure, going from 11th to 9th is okay, but the stores have been here since 2016 and there was some stuff that came out that we're not going to go into here, but if this isn't better, if we're not like sixth in the league, I mean, where are we going to like, we're at rock bottom now. They're not pulling us back up. Right. I, I don't know a lot about like the, the internal stuff and the recruiting trail and stuff. Maybe it's just not coming together on the court. I don't know. But like at the end of the day, we need somebody who's going to bring us back and it doesn't, this is what year five of the stores as coach. So like, if you haven't done it now, we fired teaspoon after five years, right? And teaspoon led us to two conference titles. It feels like the bar has been lowered. Yeah. The bar is, well, I mean, Tyler summit kind of lowered the bar as far as it can go, but I mean, getting back to this year and out of the, 
kind of pessimism of everything. This schedule, I mean, they're doing the same thing as the men where it's, you know, two games uh, back to back normally, but actually ESPN has them as Thursday and Saturday. So I'm not sure if they're doing back to back like the men are, but Anyway, the last six games on this schedule are at UAB twice versus Middle Tennessee twice and at Rice twice. That is the fifth, the fourth, and the first best team, respectively, in the conference last year. Um, We also play Western Kentucky, who was third. Um, We do get UTSA and, and North Texas, who were worse than us last year. But other than that, I mean, this schedule is really hard. And just looking at those last six games, we we probably will lose all six of those games. So like four of them are on the road at the number five and number one team. So it's really hard to argue that we're going to come in sixth or fifth or, you know, contend, contend for a bye game in the or or a or a yeah, a bye game in the tournament. Right. If you're the top four seed, you don't have to play in the first round. But sounds like we're not a very good team. Yeah, I mean, it's. It sounds that way, yeah, and it's really frustrating. And I wish I knew more about the team to provide more insight and why we could be better. But well, then we have to watch more games this season. There's just no way around it. That and the team just needs to be better, right? I mean, well, yeah, but we're not going to know more unless we watch more. So even if they're terrible, we should watch. Yeah, I mean, That's... hey, maybe maybe we bring Teaspoon back. I don't know. We need to do something. That though. sounds like a terrible idea. I mean, and, and you're right though, saying. Okay, I only watch if you're good, and you only be good yeah. if enough people watch. It's it's a cycle, and and it can be said for pretty much any sport. And it, the fact that it's a women's sport kind of I think adds to it because there are a lot of people that think that women's sports aren't real sports or very true. or whatever crazy. Um, but yeah. women's basketball is tech's is what people know about tech athletics for a lot yeah. of people because of their success in the 80s and 90s. And it's so true because, to, uh, before you continue that point, that's true because yeah. when I was at Tech, I took a Geography of Pop Culture with Dr. Mack. <laughs> and he told me, <laughs> you know, I only, I'm so glad someone appreciates that. Um, uh, he told me that, well, he told the class that whenever he accepted the job at Louisiana Tech from Mississippi State, the first thing his dad told him when he, called him to let him know is hey that's real good louisiana tech has a great women's basketball team and they're from yeah. they're from but but fucking wisconsin <laughs> sorry i didn't say that right they're from wisconsin <laughs> oh man yeah and and so i don't want to just i i hate one being negative is not fun especially when we have a lot of other things to complain about but it, i just want the team to be good because i want to care about the team again um <laughs> Because yeah, I, I want problem. I want to enjoy watching women's basketball, and right now I put it on because because we do the show. It's my school, and and we yeah. and we want to talk about it, but I want other people to care about it too, and that's only going to happen if they do better. There would be nothing more exciting than the tack being completely packed with people to watch the best women's basketball team in the country. Like that's an exciting thought. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we'll ever get back there, but we could. The, what mean, the fuck is wrong with you, Evan? Yeah, we could. There's no reason we can't. If we did before, we could. Women's do it basketball again. is not as separated as like football, right? We're never going to be number one overall in football. That's not what going the fuck. To is, what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, but I, I mean, there shouldn't be a reason why we can't. We you can know, if I we mean, did shit, in men's basketball. We're going. We're going twenty. 
23 and eight every year, 25. And you know, like the last time the texters did that, well, it was 2010, 11, 24 and eight under teaspoon in her second year. So, I mean, man, I just, I just, I don't, I don't know how we get back there, how we get, you know, from Recruit the right players, get the better coaches. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it may take better coaches though. Cause I think we, I think high, I think women's basketball in the state of Louisiana is pretty damn good. And I know that we got some international players in the team. I don't know how many Louisiana kids we got on the team, but still it's uh there's no, if we did it before we can do it again. We can get the recruits, get a better coach, build some, put I mean, some excitement of, back in the game. Yeah. It reminds me of tech baseball for a while. Like when I first arrived on campus, no one on campus cared about the baseball team because they were bad. Is really the only way to put it. I'm trying to look up their records this first, last few years under Wade Semino. But the team fired him, or I think he was moved internally or whatever, hired a new coach and Greg Goff, and the team immediately got better. And after two years, they were in contention for the conference title. So I'm hopeful that the same kind of thing can happen for the women's team. And maybe once that happens, taking the next step to become national contenders, at least on some scale, maybe more doable because of the history of the program. But I, I, I want to, I want the team to be there so bad. And it, it, it's a struggle because they're not, they're not at that point yet. Yeah. I mean, it would be really fun to like, when somebody's like, Oh yeah, Louisiana tech, like if they see me wearing a tech hoodie, you know, out in South Carolina or now I'm in Dallas, but so people, people know more about, about tech here, but out in South Carolina, they had, uh, the, the, um, the Lady Gamecocks, I guess they were called. Uh, <laughs> they won a national title while I was living there, so people there knew about women's basketball and would be like, "Oh yeah, Louisiana Tech. Yeah, y'all are y'all are really good at women's basketball." And it's like, "Well, we used to be twenty years ago, but thanks for knowing that." <laughs> Gushes right? like, microbrew and cries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. It's just we're bad. That's what I know. We're very bad. Yeah. It, it would be phenomenal. You know, maybe it's a new decade. Maybe the 2010s was the worst decade of Texter basketball and we'll be back soon. But uh just doesn't feel that way right now. It does not. It feels like we're very bad. But Nathan, you mentioned baseball. Let's, get, let's jump off, off this, this burning boat. Yeah. Boats yeah. don't burn their own water. <laughs> That's why Zing they shouldn't burn. burn. And it's more surprising when they do. <laughs> Boats don't but, have furnaces. What year do you think it is? You don't have to have a furnace to burn. What do you need to have to burn on a boat that's, uh, you know, I'm not going down this oxygen. Road. Okay. Yeah, maybe so, but you're in water. That's oxygen and hydrogen. Yeah, but it's also water. All I'm saying is I watched enough SpongeBob to know you can light campfires underwater. So I don't know what you're talking about. Well, when I read what, listened to the SpongeBob trap remake, someone said, oh, so this is what they meant by fire underwater. <laughs> Both of those work. You proved my point for me, but I'll go ahead and make one more point. And it's a sad one because all we talk about is sad things on the show this week, apparently. Uh, Baseball-wise, uh, Tech's opener at the new stadium this year was supposed to be Illinois. The Big Ten Conference canceled out-of-conference games for their baseball programs already uh, made that decision, giving teams, I guess, time to prepare and schedule other opponents. So we will not be opening the new stadium with the Illini, unfortunately. Yeah, at least... That's what's being preliminarily reported. I guess they haven't made an official announcement, but uh, the, what is being reported is that they'll do conference only. So um, 
yeah, I, I don't know what that makes or, or if we'll try to replace them or if we'll just go to whatever the next game on the schedule is. Um, yeah, if that were to be the case, if we don't replace Illinois, the opener would be at Louisiana Lafayette on the Tuesday following that weekend series. That was supposed to be the weekend of the Saturday, February 20th. Uh, the next weekend, Tech welcomes the Southern Jaguars for February 26, 27, and 28. So that would be the opener. I went to the health department of Kansas City to make a delivery with our driver, and the back security guard was from Coventry, England. And when he told me to say the word Jaguar, I pronounced it Jaguar, and he said, "No, no, 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 it's Jaguar." And I said, "Why are you? Why are you? Why are you?" I said, "Why are you asking me this?" He said, "Because I love asking Americans to pronounce things wrong." I said, "Thank you." <laughs> True story. Well, yeah, that was a true story. And this week's Tweet of the Week goes to another true tale. It goes to one of us GTPDDers, but he's not on the show right now, so he had no say and doesn't get to give it to himself. <coughs> but we're giving it this week to Daniel Adams at Manual the Daniel. He tweeted that was fast with three pictures. The first one, Tech's football announcement, I guess, saying the time has come, showing that it's game week for Tech and ULM. That was tweeted at 8.56 Central Time. This morning, uh, Monday morning, then two hours later, the the SpongeBob card that they show <laughs> and that show at some point, and then a tweet at eleven forty five a.m. just about two hours later, saying breaking Louisiana Tech scheduled game this Saturday against ULM at Independent Stadium has been canceled due to COVID nineteen issues within the Warhawk football program. So yeah, we just laugh at the SpongeBob joke. It takes the pain away, right? It does. Yep. <laughs> Two hours later. Can't wait to schedule a game tomorrow and then have it canceled on Thursday. That can't wait to schedule. Can't wait to schedule ULL. And then the day before, we all get COVID, and, and everybody Tom, dies. Tom and McClellan was just scared. Yeah, I mean, one thing to do, I guess, before we actually finish wrapping up the show, in our recaps, usually we say if Tech went and did not die. Uh, I think since we probably should have done this last week too, tech did not go at all. Like actually did not make the trip literally. (laughs) So I think that works for our namesake this week, but did they die? Hopefully not not. to my knowledge. I think they might. I mean, if they had played, they might've gotten some COVID from ULM and then they might've. So is this a rare did not go and did not die? I think so. They did not go. Yeah. Two weeks in a row too. For safety. Yeah. We were, we were safe. You know, we, (laughs) Jesus. It's the most literal form I was wearing, of the moniker ever. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. I was wearing the, the GoTech Please Don't Die mask I bought from the uh, Redbubble store we have. Also, go buy Redbubble masks. Uh-huh. Buy our merch, you fucks. <laughs> but I was wearing it. I, I accompanied Catherine. She had a, a non-serious um, surgery on her hand a couple weeks ago, and I... I was wearing that mask just because I grabbed it on the way out the door, and I realized that other people don't know what the hell that means. So they just see this fucking guy wearing a "Please don't die" on his face in a <laughs> surgery to a hospital. hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh shit! I feel like a dumbass. Like I'm just wearing this mask." <laughs> so be careful Funny. where you wear your GTPDD merch because people don't know what that means. BD. They will someday, though. They will someday. That's the goal. Especially if you use your DBs at CCs. <laughs> but speaking of that mask, as Evan said, you can buy that at our Redbubble store, gtpdd.redbubble.com. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. 
or head to our blog where eventually we'll have a game to both preview and recap, hopefully, please. That blog is at gtpdd.dog. That's .dog. Pretty sure that's just about everything. Uh, contest, if it happens this week, if yeah, there's a game. If they announce a game on Thursday, I'll try to put one up. You know, if they announce it tomorrow, I'll have it up Wednesday like normal, but we'll see. Yep. The NCAA simulation this week will be for ULM because I already ran it and I'm not going to waste what turned out to be a very interesting game, but oh, you have to wait till Thursday to see oh, it. God. That no, will be up on the YouTube channel. I don't know why I'm mad. I'm just mad. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Please go. How about that? Please go. Please go. How about that? Please go. Go, you fucks.